May mercy and grace and peace be yours from God our Father, through his Son, his only Son, our Savior, Jesus the Christ. It's a surprise when someone you aren't expecting shows up, and it's an even bigger surprise when someone you aren't expecting shows up in a surprising place. It happened yesterday to our daughter, Liesl, our son-in-law, Jose, and their six kiddos. Uh, They're on a long national park vacation, and it so happened they were at Bryce Canyon in Utah, in southern Utah, and Emily Gless who is Liesl's second cousin and her family. They live in Mayer, Minnesota. Our daughter and her family live in southern Indiana. And they happen to see each other at the same national park. Neither knew the other was out west on this vacation. A great surprise. There are surprises in God's word today, especially the word of God as we look at 1 Kings 19. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit will give us attentive attentive ears and expectant hearts to ponder this question, where and how does God show up? People God dearly loves. Where and how does God show up to and for Elijah? We need to do some reviewing of chapters 17 and 18 of 1 Kings. That's where Elijah first shows up, and God shows up, which is no surprise in using this man, this prophet, to speak and to act. Elijah boldly and dangerously predicts a famine to King Ahab. Then he does as Yahweh, the Lord commands, hiding in a ravine by the brook Kirith, and God shows up. He sends ravens to feed Elijah, bringing him bread and meat every morning and every evening. Then God tells Elijah to move, to go and live in a village called Zarephath. When Elijah does so, he dares to ask a woman to use the last of her flour and her cooking oil to bake him a small loaf of bread before feeding herself and her young son. And God shows up. He causes that widow's jar of flour to never be empty and her jug of oil to never run out. God shows up again when he uses Elijah to bring her dead son back to life. Now these events by the brook and up in Zarephath were almost solitary events. But the next time God shows up, it is anything but private. The Lord tells Elijah that it is time to confront Ahab directly. Now, King Ahab already has a disparaging nickname for Elijah. He calls him, you, troubler of Israel. But here is God's prophet's reply. I have not troubled Israel. You have. You have abandoned God's commandments. You are following the Baals, the pagan gods of the Canaanites. Bring the 450 prophets of Baal to the Carmel Ridge. Bring the 400 false prophets of Asherah too. And bring all of Israel along to watch, to see what God will do. Two altars are built. Two beds of wood are prepared. Two bulls are killed. And everyone waits. Which one will be ignited? Which sacrifice will be verified. Will the pretend God show up? 
Or will the true God show up? Though the prophets of Baal shout and dance all day and even cut themselves with swords and spears, nothing happens. Their God is silent and absent. Then Elijah prepares his altar, soaking everything with water for a greater challenge. He douses it all three times. Then God's man prays, Let it be known this day that you are God in Israel. Answer me, O Lord, so that this people will know that you are God. And God shows up. Fire falls from the sky, from the hand of God, and consumes everything, the bowl, the wood, the stones. Not even a trace of water remains in the ditch. To which the Israelites respond with awe. The Lord, he is God. They shout again, the Lord, he is God. So it's time to remind you that the name Elijah, Eliyah, means my God is Yahweh. My God is the Lord. But Elijah's story isn't over. Queen Jezebel threatens the prophet, and Elijah runs for his life. He runs south to Beersheba. He finds a broom tree. Think of a desert shrub like a huisach. He lies down under it to sleep. He lies down to die. Until God shows up. He shows up by sending an angel with a jar of water and a cake of bread. That's right, it's angel food cake. The angel tells Elijah, get up, eat, because there's much more of a journey ahead of you. It takes two attempts by the angel until Elijah listens and follows the instructions. Then he walks on, he hikes to Horeb. And that brings us to the Old Testament reading, which we heard Dan read about 10 minutes ago. Elijah isn't huddling under a broom tree. He's hiding in a cave on a mountain. And God speaks. What are you doing here, Elijah? And the prophet replies, I've tried to do all you asked. I've been faithful, but it doesn't matter. The Israelites still forsake the covenant you've called them to. And even though I slaughtered all those false prophets up at Carmel, it doesn't seem to matter. I'm alone. I'm the only one left. And angry Ahab and jealous Jezebel are still trying to track me down and get rid of me. Be quiet, says Yahweh. Step out of this cave, he commands. Stand and wait to see how I will show up. A great wind blows so strong that it breaks rocks to pieces, but the Lord is not in the wind. Then an earthquake rolls and rumbles, but the Lord is not in the earthquake. Then a fire roars across the mountain, but the Lord is not in the fire. Finally, God shows up He shows up with a low whisper in a still, small voice. And the Lord speaks again. What are you doing here, Elijah? And the prophet offers the same response. But now God recommissions his man. He sends Elijah to go back to work, to finish his work, and then to anoint Elisha to take his place in doing God's work.
This is a great story. It's a real and true story of where and how God shows up. But we need to hear more of our God's story. Where and how does God show up for sinners, for runaways, for hurting and discouraged people? First, he makes promises Promises that go back to the garden. Promises he will keep. Then he sends a way preparer, an announcer, a voice in the wilderness, a pointer to the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And God shows up. He shows up unborn, carried in the womb of the Virgin Mary. He shows up in Bethlehem. He shows up in a manger. He shows up as a helpless infant. He shows up as a compassionate shepherd to lost sheep. He shows up as true God and true man who even weeps at the death of his friend. He shows up with his face set to go to Jerusalem to complete the mission planned in all of eternity. God shows up, betrayed and deserted, mocked and condemned. God shows up with spikes through his wrists and his feet hanging on a rough cross. God shows up crying out, it is finished. God shows up resting in a cold and dark tomb, redeeming even our cold and dark graves. And God shows up alive and conquering, present and speaking peace to you as he greets his startled disciples and comforts them, as he greets his scared disciples in the upper room on Easter night. And we can only say, and we must say, not just for this next week of Vacation Bible School, he has done marvelous things when Jesus Christ is crucified and raised for the salvation of the whole world. But I will ask again, where and how does God show up? He showed up for Elijah with power on the Carmel Ridge, with nourishment under the broom tree at Beersheba, and with a low whisper at Mount Horeb. And God showed up taking on human flesh by being the perfect substitute and sacrifice for every sinner and by living again triumphant over death. So where and how does God show up for his church and for his church in this place? Where and how does God show up for all those who are scared and worried and weary and alone and angry and discouraged? Where and how does he show up for you and for me? Don't be surprised, but give thanks that God shows up when sins are confessed with his full and certain forgiveness. He shows up at this font. It's not spectacular. No wind or earthquake or fire. Only a low whisper when water is poured along with the triune name. He shows up at this altar. Again, there is no wind or earthquake or fire Just a low whisper when a celebrant's host is broken and wine is poured and hands and mouths are open to receive the body and the blood of Christ. God shows up when a young and tall pastor 
or an old and short pastor, stands in the place and with the authority of Christ to absolve sins, to pour baptismal water, to serve hungry sinners at this altar, to proclaim the good news of a Savior who shows up in odd but powerful and wonderful ways. And God will keep showing up. Not because you and I demanded but because he knows what we need. The freedom Paul writes about in Galatians 5, the freedom of being loved and rescued and called by name in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.